0: You are now listening to my dad's podcast. Here's your clinical scenario. You draw maternal blood for cell-free DNA screening for fetal aneuploidy, and it returns abnormal. The patient follows up with a diagnostic test like amniocentesis, and the fetal genetic makeup is actually normal. Well, does it end there? I mean, false positive cell-free DNA results do happen, right? Is that the end of the story? Well, evolving data states that that may not be the end of that case because discordant maternal cell-free DNA results could mean maternal cancer. Let's talk about that next. In 2011, use of cell-free DNA was introduced as a commercial screening option for aneuploidy. Non-invasive prenatal testing to detect fetal aneuploidy using massive parallel sequencing of cell-free DNA from the maternal blood is gaining rapid acceptance in OB given its high sensitivity and specificity for the detection of trisomies 21, 18, and 13. Placental DNA, which is a surrogate of fetal DNA, enters the maternal bloodstream by apoptosis of trophoblasts in the intervillous space of the placenta, where it mixes with cell-free DNA of maternal origin. The fetal fraction of this mixture usually varies between 3% and 15% in the late first and second trimesters. NIPS represents a form of advanced screening, and positive results consistent with aneuploidy still require confirmation by a diagnostic test, like amniocentesis or chorionic villus sampling. Now, discordant results refers to abnormal maternal cell-free DNA detection, meaning they found some aneuploidy, while the follow-up diagnostic tests reveal normal fetal chromosomal makeup. While ACOG continues to advocate for the use of conventional screening methods as the first line screen in the general obstetric population, cell free DNA screening is increasingly being expanded to low risk populations. The recommendation to screen low and high risk women with cell free DNA was endorsed by the American College of Medical Genetics. Now, with expanded application of cell free DNA, more discordant results will inevitably be identified. False positive results have been attributed to confirmed placental mosaism, maternal chromosomal mosaicism maternal DNA copy number variants, and maternal organ transplant from a male. Now, evolving data suggests that discordant results between those of NIPS and amniocentesis could be due to undiagnosed maternal cancer, especially when more than one aneuploidy is suspected by testing. So that's a clinical pearl. The risk of maternal cancer is now known to be higher when the NIPS shows multiple aneuploidies but the fetal diagnostic testing returns normal. Alright, I know this can be kind of confusing, so let's take a look at some recent studies. A recent study reported that among more than 4,000 pregnant women undergoing NIPS testing, Three patients were found to have aberrant genomic representation profiles that actually look like cancer-related copy number variants. These women underwent whole-body diffusion-weighted MRI and were found to indeed have cancer. The first had a high-grade serous ovarian carcinoma, which was actually stage 4. The second had a follicular lymphoma, and the third had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Analysis of the genome representation profile of the tumors showed that the copy number variations detected in the maternal plasma were indeed present in the tumors. Now remember, this is a study with an N of 3. Surely there's more data that's more expansive than this. Well, there is. Let's talk about the Bianchi paper from 2015 next. In 2015, Bianchi et al. published in JAMA the first large-scale study that strengthened the premise that a false positive NIP result could actually be due to the presence of maternal malignancy. Now, this was based on results of a case K-series of pregnant women who had NIPs and were subsequently diagnosed with cancer. Now, this work leverages the information of a laboratory that had processed over 125,000 samples from NIPS over two and a half years with a test to detect the presence of aneuploidy for chromosome 21, 18, and 13 with sex chromosome aneuploidy as an optional variation. Now, of these samples, 3%, that's 3,757, had NIPS results consistent with aneuploidy. Now, the practice of the lab was to discuss all abnormal limp results with the referring clinician and recommend a diagnostic test, and clinicians were asked to inform the lab if the results were then discordant. When such results were reported, the possible explanations for discordance were discussed with the lab. The premise here, of course, was that since virtually all cancers have somatic genetic alterations that can be reflected in circulating cell-free DNA, and many of these derangements involve the same chromosomes that are tested for with NIPs testing, then a plausible explanation is that discordant NIPs results could be explained by the presence of a maternal malignancy. Now, here's a clinical pearl. This is particularly true in the cases where the results of NIPs shows multiple aneuploidies. Blanchi eat all showed that up to 20 to 44% of discordant NIPS results that included multiple aneuploidies could potentially be explained by maternal malignancies. The estimate was based on information available from 39 patients with NIP results with multiple aneuploidies. Now, of these patients, 16 had discordant results between the NIP and the fetal karyotype. So these are the patients of focus. And of these 16 cases with discordant results, 44%, that's 7 out of those 16, were diagnosed with maternal cancer. Well, I know what you're thinking. So let's stop here for a minute. I mean, just how common is cancer during pregnancy anyway? Well, cancer is the second leading cause of death among women aged 20 to 39 in the U.S., and malignancy complicates about 1 in a 1,000 to 1 in 1,500 pregnancies. The most common malignancies in pregnancy include melanoma, breast cancer, thyroid cancer, colon cancer, cervical, ovarian cancer, and hematological malignancies. Alright, well, what does this mean? I mean, what are the implications of this report by Bianchi for obstetrical practice? Well, OBGYNs have experienced the issue of incidental findings associated with the use of a screening test that leads to the identification of maternal cancer. We've done this before. The case in point is maternal serum alpha fetal protein, or AFP, originally implemented to screen for neural tube defects. An unexplained, highly elevated maternal AFP serum level has been reported in exceedingly rare cases of maternal liver cancer or endodermal sinus tumors, both types of neoplasms that can produce this protein. Cell-free DNA, however, has the potential to be more informative because AFP is a bio marker for only a very small fraction of tumors, but cell-free DNA is associated with most malignancies. So how common will this occur? I mean, is this discordant results issue that big of a deal? Well, the overall rate of abnormal NIP results is about 3%. And the rate of false positive results is only 0.05 to 0.1%. So that's a clinical pearl. We have to remember that NIPS testing is highly sensitive and very specific for types 21, 18, and 13 trisomy. So, with only 3% being positive and the false positive rate being only 0.05 to 0.1%, this is not overall a very large impact. Moreover, the frequency of abnormal NIPS results with multiple aneuploidies was only 0.03%. So, the constellation of findings that would increase the probability of detecting a maternal cancer is only present in a very small fraction of pregnant women. So, that's the reassuring part. Now, for the few patients who had discordant results with multiple aneuploidies, that probability of cancer does appear to be considerate, about 20 up to 44%. Now, of course, replication of these results is still needed. Overall, however, based on the data in the Bianchi paper and other case reports, the rate of occult malignancies tends to be about 0.008%, or about 10 cases of maternal cancer, among over 125,000 NIPS results let's review that briefly. So what does this mean? Remember that overall NIPs returns positive only about 3% of the time and false positive are extremely rare. Then in those patients, those who have discordant results with NIPs showing multiple aneuploidies, those are the patients that are at risk of harboring maternal cancer. So I don't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe we should be trying to catch more patients who have potential hidden malignancies. But as of right now, all of this is still unchartered territory. All right, now that we've settled that, well, what do we do with this? What if we do have those patients that have a false positive result with discordancy and more than one aneuploidy detected? What's the workup? Well, in 2018, Laura Carlson et al., published their proposed maternal malignancy evaluation after discordant cell-free DNA results in the HHS Open Access Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Let's talk about that next. According to these authors, because of the high prevalence of cancer in women with more than one aneuploidy detected by cell-free DNA and a discordant fetal karyotype, a malignancy evaluation is warranted. A complete history and physical exam are suggested, of course, as the initial step to guide further evaluation, including a whole comprehensive review of systems. The physician should inquire about fatigue, night sweats, and unintentional weight loss, although these symptoms may overlap with common complaints of normal pregnancy. Family history should be closely examined to identify whether increased risk for familial cancer syndromes may be present. Specifically, the degree of the affected relative, the age of the cancer onset, ancestry, and any genetic testing results should be solicited. Comprehensive exam should include a thorough evaluation of the skin, the oropharynx, neck, thyroid, breast, lung, abdomen, as well as pelvic and a rectal exam. Any atypical appearing nevi warrant biopsy and a complete dermatological evaluation. Palpable breast masses or atypical or unilateral nipple discharge should raise the concern for breast abnormal conditions. Thyromegaly or nodules may be seen with thyroid cancer and generalized lymphadenopathy or splenomegaly may raise concern for hematological malignancies. Of course, to start off, a comprehensive metabolic profile and a CBC should be done as basic screen. A chest x-ray was also recommended by the authors to evaluate for lung and mediastinal lesions. Now, should this evaluation be negative, MRI of the chest abdomen and pelvis can also be considered for whole body imaging. Now, remember, this is one author group's recommendation. There's no formal workup in this setting, although different authors have different opinions. But what is still left for discussion is the timing of this evaluation. In other words, should this occur during pregnancy itself or in the postpartum period? Furthermore, if the initial workup is negative, when is repeat testing indicated? In six months, in a year, or two years? Additionally, such widespread whole-body screening may cause an increase In false positive results. Many women with these test results will not have a malignancy, and the above counseling and screening can promote significant anxiety and resource utilization. Incidental findings may be noted during the course of this evaluation without notable health implications, although these can stress and further put more strain on limited resources. So, until larger prospective studies are out there, the ideal mechanism of workup is still unclear. But what is known is that women, once again, who have more than one aneuploidy detected by cell-free DNA and whose fetus is found to be chromosomally normal, do harbor an increased risk of malignancy and should not be ignored. Well, that wraps up our quick review reviewing discordant maternal cell-free fetal DNA, especially when more than one aneuploidy is suspected and the risk of maternal cancer. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.